you're gonna need a bigger boat. No. I am your father. I'm gonna make him an offer, Captain. Life was like a box of chocolates. Wax on, wax off. I see dead people. Here's Johnny. He's a liar. You can't handle the truth. Good morning, Vietnam. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Get away from her, you bitch. Somebody, please, get this man a gun. Cinematic Leap. Hi, and welcome to Cinematic Leap a movie podcast where we apply six degrees of Kevin Bacon-style process to select our next movie. Each week, we'll watch a movie, provide our review, then take a cinematic leap by selecting an actor, director, crew member within this pod's movie to choose our next movie. As always, I'm joined by my two wonderful co-hosts, Michael Thompson. Scott. Glenn. Winston. (laughs) And, of course, a man who has killed three men. With a pencil, Glenn Green. Ah, <laughs> oh, you put me off. <laughs> oh. Oh. Sorry, Glenn. I was gonna, I was gonna offer you guys if you wanted a pencil. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, oh, man. Gentlemen, uh, how are we? Pleasant. Yes, it's been a, a nice weekend. Seen a couple of movies. Very good. I've seen a few movies. I mean, the one we're watching, the one we're talking about. Mm. Um, so, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, and uh, Ed and I saw Super Mario Brothers today. So, oh. yeah, it's been a fun good. movie watching weekend. Um, I would think I'll save that for another pod. No, nah, it was um, it was good. I mean, like I'm I'm not a you know big into Mario Brothers, but like you know all the things that were there that you expected to be and. Um, some funny things. Jack Black singing Peters. Um, has a nice joke. Um, yeah, it was all right. It was good. It was funny. Entertaining. Ah, good. Glenn? Uh, <clears throat> I've been working on the website a lot this weekend and watching some football. So, yes, <laughs> not a lot ah, going on very here. Good. Cinematicleap.com, yes. of course. Well, I, uh, like you, Glenn, I watched uh, both John Wick's 1 and 2. So the first one was better than I remember. But the, and I mm, hadn't seen sure. the second one. Yeah. It's a good way <clears> to <throat> just merge yourself into the second one because they do follow on quite quickly after each other. Mm. I thought the the start of the second one I was like, "Oh no, is this dog going <laughs> to get killed as well?" Like that's a, you know, a sequel usually copies the same as the first one. <laughs> uh, but luckily, mm. no. I actually thought no. for a moment they're like, you know, ooh. Is this dog going to get killed? No, you, you can't kill two dogs in two movies, surely. that's mm, Certainly not with one stone. <laughs> no. <laughs> well played. All right. Uh, as we've mentioned, this week we are watching the movie or discussing the movie, John Wick Chapter 2. John Wick Chapter 2 is a 2017 action thriller film and is the sequel of the 2014 action movie John Wick and is the second of four John Wick films. Directed by Chad Stahelski, Stahelski, sorry, stars Keanu Reeves, co-stars Common, Lawrence Fishburne, Ricardo Scamarico, Ruby Rose, Lance Reddick, Ian McShane, Peter Stormare, Bridget Moynihan, Franco Nero and John Leguizamo. Had a budget of $40 million, made $174.3 million. 
Uh, overall, it was really well-reviewed critically, uh, with the general consensus being that it improved on its predecessor in terms of action set pieces, fight choreography, cinematography and writing. Uh, and most people agree that John Wick 2 was a fun time to be had. IMDb has an average rating of 7.4 out of 10, Rotten Tomatoes 7.4 out of 10, Metacritic 75 out of 100, so pretty consistent there. Uh, Glenn, mm -hmm. you chose Johnny Otto, who is an uncredited person um, in The Edge of Tomorrow. Why did you choose him? Um, because I've just, that's my thing this season, uncredited. <laughs> oh, my God. And, um, <laughs> and I saw that there are a good few, bunch of movies that you guys would be happy with choosing between, I thought. So I thought I'd go with something that you guys might actually enjoy picking from this time rather than screwing you over or, you know, knowing mm. where you'd go. Um, so this one, I didn't know where you'd go and... I knew John Wick 2 was one that you might pick, um, and so it didn't surprise me that that was chosen. Um, and, yeah, I was didn't mind that because I haven't seen number two. I had seen number one. Well, I just want to yeah. note, Glenn, that the, um, the how you actually screw us over, and I love the journey, it should be noted, um, is that usually it's one of our picks. Like, we have picked someone, and then you pick a movie they appear in for four frames mm. or you know it's usually not off the mm. <laughs> off the person you pick yeah that's true <laughs> that's true <laughs> uh michael you got to choose the movie John i did too yep why did you select this one um best of a bad bunch um who was john Otto again what did he do no, 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 no. i actually don't know if he appears in this film um yeah i don't know it's like a, a good revisit um Best of a bad uh, bunch. I had there was a lot of good ones there. That's why I picked him for you. I can't remember who he was. Hmm. Um, yeah, like you know, John Wick two seems fun. Let's do that one. Yep, saw the opportunity and took it. Pretty much. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so, Glenn, you're the only one of us who hasn't who hadn't seen it up until now. Um, what were your thoughts when Michael did choose it? Were you happy? Were you thought, oh, this is something I haven't seen? Yeah, I was happy with that because with John Wick too because I recently watched John Wick and hadn't seen any of the others, and um, I was happy he didn't choose the Marvel film. Um, I wouldn't have minded Independence Day or Jurassic World or one of the Tarantinos there or something like that. Um, yep, but I was yeah happy with John Wick too. Yeah, nice. Well, I must admit, I was wrapped when Michael picked this. Uh, it is a film that I do thoroughly enjoy. So, yeah, very happy to to be forced to have another rewatch of of what's a, a fantastic film, in my opinion. All right. Without further ado, Michael, throw to the trailer. Welcome to Rome. Is this a formal event or a social affair? Social. How many buttons? Two. And what style? Tactical. Mr. Wick, do enjoy your party. How good to see you again so soon. You have no idea what's coming. You want a war? 
Or do you want to just give me a gun? Whoever comes, I'll kill them all. The man, the myth, the legend. John Wick. You're not very good at retiring. I'm working on it. All right. So, Michael, you get to do the synopsis this week because you did choose mm-hmm. this movie. As always, people, there will be spoilers. So if you have not seen this movie and you don't want it spoiled, um, pause. Watch the movie, then come Before back. Before we do the synopsis quickly, I just looked up Johnny Otto. He plays Assassin Uncredited, so he's probably a guy that got shot in the head. <laughs> he probably is. Uh, <laughs> is he actually credited in anything? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yes. And it, I mean, if, if he's an assassin shot in the head, I don't think we'll ever find out who mm. he was because there's a few of those. Yep. <laughs> Michael, okay. over to you. John Wick, Chapter 2. Coming right off John Wick, Chapter 1. Uh, John Wick recovers his stolen Boss 429 Mustang from Abram Tarasov after kind of beating up a few Russian gangsters, the late Vigo's brother. Uh, John dispatches Tarasov's men in a violent rampage that heavily damages the Mustang but spares Tarasov under the promise of peace and returns home. John is visited by the Camorra crime boss uh, Santino D'Antonio, reminds him that he helped John complete his impossible task, which allowed John to retire and marry Helen. In return, John swore to a marker, an unbreakable vow symbolised by a blood oath medallion. Santino presents the marker to demand services from John, who declines. Santino retaliates by destroying John's house with a grenade launcher. Like, right there he should have known that things weren't going to go well. (laughs) And luckily, the dog survived there. Mm. Well, I did like the fact that dog survived. I do think to myself, geez, he's unlucky. He's literally just concreted up all of his mm. stuff. Like, it's not like he's just put it away in the cupboard. He's literally concreted yeah. it up and then bang. Yeah. You'd, and like, yeah, you'd think it's like, it's like, you know what, maybe I'll just leave this un, untouched for a bit. I'll just kind of cover the thing and I'll go upstairs, have a have a bourbon, and, you know, and then we'll, I'll sort it out tomorrow because I have just come off a day of yeah. action. You know, a big day where I've got my car back. I'm home with my dog. I'll cement tomorrow morning. You know, whereas, yeah. Yeah, just, just wait, wait a minute. minute. Just hmm, let things Um, settle. Would it have made a difference, though? I mean, I, I, I don't know if he ever goes back, like, to the house to, yeah. No, he doesn't. He actually doesn't go back. It's funny because it. he's got all those coins in there. Um, yeah. Anyway, um... Santander uh, retaliates by destroying the house. John survives and travels to the Continental Hotel in New York City, where Winston reminds him that if he rejects the marker, he'll be violating one of the two unbreakable rules of the underworld, no killing on Continental grounds and honouring every marker. John reluctantly accepts his commitment and meets with Santino, who tasks him with assassinating his sister, Gianna, so he can claim her seat at the high table, a council of 12 high-level crime bosses. Santino sends Ares, his mute bodyguard, to observe John's mission. In Rome, John infiltrates Gianna's coronation, uh, confronting her in a dressing room. 
uh, faced with a certain death, Janet chooses to slit her wrists um, in the bathtub. Um, you know, like, you know, screw you, hippie. Um, do it my way. Um, That's what she said. She goes, I've lived my life mm, my own way. I'll die right. my own way. Um, as Gianna mm. dies, John shoots her in the head anyway. Um, <laughs> to end her suffering and to fulfill the marker. Um, I mean, he could have just let her go. Like, you know. Well, that's one of my that's one yeah. of my questions later. We'll come back to actually. that. Um, uh, as John leaves, Gianna's bodyguard Cassian recognizes him, realizes that he was sent to kill Gianna, and attacks him. John flees to the catacombs, where he double crosses uh, is double crossed by Ares and Santino's henchman, who intends to tie up loose ends by killing him. After killing most of the henchmen, John is again pursued by Cassian. The fight leads them into Rome Continental's reception area, in which, like the New New York Continental, conducting business is strictly forbidden. As the two share a drink, John explains his reason for killing Gianna. Nevertheless, Cassian promises John a quick and clean death as a sign of professional respect. Any thoughts? And Keanu says, I I hope to do the same. I hope to do the same. (laughs) I mean, look, we've gone through, we've probably met... Oh, probably a th- probably yeah, halfway through the movie, I reckon. Yeah, bang, about bang. now. So, <laughs> okay. the, the synopsis. This synopsis is yeah. flying. So much like what this movie does, it moves at, a, at well, an incredible rate. Like so rate. much of it is like you know action sequences. Like that catacombs no. sort of scene yeah. is like you know no. is huge and you know takes a big chunk. This movie drags mm. and drags. <laughs> um, mm. What I love is I'm surprised I didn't put this as one of the best starts to a movie when we discussed that. I think it was in the screen pod we discussed that. Best start to a movie. This just jumps straight in to where we were from John Wick, straight into John Wick 2. It's straight into an action sequence where, you know, basically he's chasing a motorbike and then managed to get the motorbike to crash into his car. And then he goes into the, the garage. And this is all, you know, and there's this massive fight sequence, uh, which is really cool. Um, I, I do find it funny that he absolutely totals his car. Um, that he would, that he's basically doing all this to get his car mm. back, uh, and he pretty much totals it. I don't understand left. why um, Tarasov just doesn't go. No, let him go. That's all right. We're good. We're good. <laughs> just just park the car out the front <laughs> with the keys in the ignition and, and set the building on fire. No like, just set budget. the building on fire. Like yeah. you know, my work here is done. Says John Wick. Um, movie over. <laughs> but the thing, and I think I mentioned this later on in my my nodal aspects. That what I liked most about. John Wick Two is it takes what was a, a really a really good film in John Wick One, but expands the universe. Mm. So you know, not only do we find out that the Continental is actually not just in America, it's all around yeah. the world, uh, and that gets expanded on um, in the coming so in the in the next two sequels. Um, but we find out about the high table and who we sort of get a, a gist of who they are. And that, again, we get more into that in the, the coming sequels. But the markers and, and all these different little rules and that the assassin world is a lot bigger than what we were probably originally made aware of. And I think that's one of the positives of this movie is that does expand on you've got a John Wick world, which is fairly insular at the start. And in this one, it really takes mm. out we really start to see the breadth of the John Wick universe. And then, as I said, it gets further and further in the next yeah, two. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's, um, it is, and I think, yeah, two, three, and four all expand on that, sort of the concept of the high table. Mm. And, um, and, and there's, like, particular parts about it that I really like, you know, the actual kind of, like, the phone room, which all the, the women that kind of have a 50s aesthetic, but they've got a 50s mm. punk aesthetic going on. 
Um, you know, yeah, that's weird. Why they're all wearing the same uniform? Like it matters what they wear in this place. Like they need to be presentable. It's like it shows they're that working they're in uh, company people. But it's just criminally weird. company. I don't know. It's a. I guess it shows them all working. there like they're working at this one space. That kind of that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Where were we? Uh, as oh, yeah. just on it. Sorry, just on the other thing. I love the idea of the marker. And I think we might have to start instituting that for our, our cinematic leap pod, <laughs> being able to put markers on each other. Um, you know, and it's three simple rules. You just you can't dishonor the marker, or you die. You can't kill the holder of the marker. You die. Now this won't this won't apply to ours, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, we're not that you know, yep. violent here. Uh, and if you try and run away from it, you die. So it's a pretty. I like the you know, the, these rules that you basically put in blood. Yep, this is what I, I will. You bring this back to me. I swear in blood that if you come back to me, I will complete whatever your the task is, and then away they go. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know how that's going to work for us, Scotty. There's only three of us. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll work on it. We'll yeah. work on it. All right. As um, John returns to New York City, uh, Santino opens a contract for seven million to kill John, uh, ostensibly to avenge his sister. You know, he's faking it, that bastard leading numerous assassins to unsuccessfully attack John. Cassian confronts John in the subway. After a vicious fight, Cassian is left with a knife stuck in his aorta. The badly injured John seeks help from... I mean, that's kind of a nice... Like, he also says, if you pull it out, you will bleed to death. <laughs> Considered as a professional courtesy. Kind of. Yeah. Love that. Um, this badly, the badly injured John seeks help from an underground crime boss after kind of facing off another more assassins known as the Bowery King, whose subordinates treat John's injuries. Intrigued by John's intent to kill a member of the high table, the Bowery King, played by Lawrence Fishburne, sportingly gives him a gun with only seven bullets, one for each million of the contract, and directs John to an art museum where Santino holds a gala. John pursues Santino through the museum, killing his remaining henchmen, which are still quite a few, including Ares, who gives Santino enough time to escape to the Continental, where he intends to remain indefinitely in its sanctuary. Despite Winston's warning, the exasperated John shoots and kills Santino in the Continental Lounge. After bragging about I could stay here for ages and not have the same meal, it's like, bang! <laughs> Screw you, hippie. Uh, the next day, and then he kind of goes and mopes at his old house, which is pouring rain with the dog. Um, the next day, Winston meets with John and explains that the high table doubled the contract on John, offering it globally. Further, for conducting business on continental grounds, per the High Table's rules, Winston is forced to declare John excommunicado, uh, terminating all ser- his access and privileges to underworld resources. However, Winston delays activating John's excommunication by one hour, giving him a head start, and provides him with a marker for future use. Before leaving, John advises Winston to warn uh, every other High Table assassin that he will kill anyone who uh, tries to hunt him. John departs with his dog as Winston makes a call enacting John's excommunicado to be activated in one hour. As news of the intimate contract disseminates, cellular phones begin to ring all around and John begins to run. End film. Finn. Mm. Great. Action. Fantastic. Killing. Um, Mm. Yeah. Humor. Through death. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it's funny with... um, John Wick 3, it basically takes on, it starts pretty much at that point and then moves on. There's no real days in between. It is pretty much John Wick running and off we go. 
All right, nice work, Michael. Good synopsis. All right, we will jump into the, well, our normal process, cast and characters. Glenn. Um, I don't really have any notes for this, so I'll just wing it. But basically, I think Keanu, these roles and Keanu is just perfect for each other. Um, Just that, you know, doesn't really show much emotion on his face. He just does the job and just always really serious, you know. Um, I think, yeah, he's just good in this. Um, I really liked Ruby Rose. thought she was really um, interesting and good to watch. Um, I guess all the supporting cast, though, you know, pretty good. I liked um, John Luguiziamo. He was good. And it was good having, um, you know, people from the first movie back in the second movie, obviously, and um, Mm. continuing with their characters. And the boss, Ian McShane, he was good. Um, yeah, I, I guess there was no huge standouts. Everyone, I think, just did a really good job. Um, I'm interested, the character, the guy on the train who got stabbed and then he kept the knife, kept holding the knife. Um, cause Cassian, yeah, over common, common, yeah. I, I, mm. I'm thinking he's potentially going to come back in a later film because he didn't, he, we didn't see him die. Um, which, yeah, might be interesting, but. Because there was a, someone, uh, Lawrence Fishburne later on was like, you you know, that's how he's still alive because he was almost killed, but then mm. not. Um, so that must be a thing he he does. But he did promise him a quick death, which that is not a quick death, leaving him on the train. But anyway. Oh, he didn't um, die. He's alive. But he didn't kill him. No, <clears throat> he, he left him, uh, left him alive. Just so you know, Glenn, uh, yes. Common does not appear in John Wick 3. Oh, okay. Or John Wick 4. Um, Maybe John Wick 5. Controversial. I thought Johnny Otto was good. His, his head exploded really well. <laughs> <laughs> so well, well, so many heads exploded. It probably could have been more than once, really. Mm. Uh, yeah, Michael, um, Keanu, a subdued, cool Keanu. Um, it's actually interesting, like you know, comparing it against uh, Knock Knock, where we get full Keanu. Um, this is not that full Keanu. This is like you know, just cool, calm Keanu throughout the whole thing. Um, we get like you know some emotive reflection um, while he's in his home. Um, because obviously he's not a very talkative role on this one, um, and like you know, particularly does that with all his greetings. Like he's a, and I think uh, Santino says it like you know, a man of few words. Um, you know, and his greetings are Winston. Uh, you know, um, so always very sure. It's like you know, um, which is interesting. Um, I wonder if it's like sometimes I wonder if like you know, John Wick is just not very bright. Um, so he's like rather than kind of. You know, be you know, say things and sound foolish. He just kind of keeps his mouth shut. He's just persistent. That's his kind of. <laughs> um, he is. Yeah, uh, Ian McShane for me is probably one of my favourite standouts. He's just the voice. Like it's just nice and like you know. And, Agreed. Yeah. Um. And you know, just uh, I guess like you know the the vocal range he plays with, like you know, it's it's you know really nice to listen to. And he's kind of the he's great at that exposition and um, pleasant to watch um once fishburne is fun you really don't get lots of him here it's kind of very you know sort of contained to the bowery king scene um it's interesting glenn you talk about ruby rose being a, a standout i just thought she didn't seem to be like she was just there for like the look like she didn't do like you know it was good they've gone for a mute bodyguard um which, you know which is a was like fine but the I, I just wondered they've gone for like someone who's kind of was popular in the moment rather than talented um, 
I don't know. Like, you know, she kind of looks the part, I guess, but, um, you know, we don't actually really see her do a massive big, you know, boss scene. And, you know, you see that in uh, John Wick 4, he has, there's like one guy who is like, you know, an absolute terminator to, um, to John Wick and he sees it, you know, he keeps coming back and back. Um, but yeah, we don't, we actually don't see a big scene there. Um, it's always interesting to watch uh, Peter um, Stormare, um, who plays uh, Tarasov. Um, I really like, you know, he's he's been fun in a number of things. What was it? The um, Armageddon, Constantine. Mm. Um, you know, he plays... Fargo, Big yeah, Lebowski. Like, yeah. He's in a few... He's in a few his performance in um, Constantine as the, the Lucifer is one of the standouts, like as Satan. He's one of the standouts, like, that people keeps talking about. Um, shame we didn't see him more here. Like, you know, it was, yeah, fun to watch. Um, yeah, that's the, my thoughts. Yep. Um, probably similar to you guys. I mean, you know, Keanu is John Wick. It's perfect. Um, I love the character. I love Keanu playing the character. He's a man of few words. Uh, which I think suits Keanu's acting style <laughs> and quite possibly ability. Um, he's a man who's got a, you know, who's obviously got out of the assassin game, was pulled back in for revenge, doesn't really want to go back into his world. You know, he's a pretty simple man, loves his car, loves his dogs, loves his wife, and, you know, obviously can take a bit of a beating. Um, I'd love to know what Keanu got paid per word because <laughs> I reckon it'd be huge. He's a. Uh, Probably one of the smartest actors alive if he's getting well, paid like, I mean, uh, for the amount of dialogue that he actually has to do. Just, so. I, want to, I want to bring up some other. This is the trivia stuff that kind of comes in here, and, and we'll get back to the rest of your things. Um, he does. He did ninety five percent of his own stunts in this film, um, and he didn't. The ones he didn't do is like getting hit by cars, which he gets hit by a lot, cars a lot, and rolling down the stairs. Um, do you know why? Because the bloke that directed it was actually one of his primary stuntman. I think yeah, for a lot possibly. of for a long time. Um, yeah, and nobody rolls downstairs like David Shields, but anyway, <laughs> it's still all right. <laughs> um, Keanu trained for three months, um, and which consisted of judo, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, marksmanship, and driving. Um, and he'd already come off like you know John Wick, and obviously earlier in the Matrix and all that kind of stuff. Um, and requires little time to get back up to speed. And the instructors commented by the end of his training, Reeves could easily be one of the one of the people training them, and his proficiency proficiency ratings were better than most seasoned professional soldiers. I've actually seen some like uh, YouTube videos of him going through a range um, for a dude that's like one of the nicest people in like the celebrity world. He's pretty hardcore, like you know, in terms of like you know using mm. guns and and that kind of stuff. So yeah, like it's. That's where he's getting paid for. It's actually by per bullet. He's actually really cheap in that regard. Yeah. <laughs> well, if he's getting paid per bullet, he's probably getting screwed. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So on to the next common. I really enjoyed his role as Cassian. He's a bit like John. You know, quiet, just does his job. Smarter though. Um, and when it, when that's impacted, he takes it personally, like what obviously John does as well. Uh, his fight scenes are believable. Um, and he delivers his words in a very very similar way to Keanu, so I think that's probably why I like I like obviously John Wick, and I really enjoyed Cassian. Lawrence Fishburne for me was probably the highlight. I think he almost steals the movies in some ways. Uh, for much of the time he's on screen, he's over the top, mm. and but just chews it up. Uh, he's excellent and makes a perfect compliment to Keanu in that sense. And I thought he was a real highlight. Um, Ricardo Scamarico, play who plays Santino. Look, he does it well. He has that arrogance and evilness about mm. him. Um, 
but he's also you know, has that fear because he can't seem to back it up himself. Um, and I thought he played his role really well. Like you, Michael, Peter Stormare, I really enjoyed him at the start. Line, de- line delivery is perfect um, as the scared Russian boss. And uh, same with Ian McShane. He's just got that voice. Mm. Uh, we see more of Winston in this movie. It's a more of an expanded role and I think it's it, it actually helps the movie along. Um, awesome line delivery uh, and I think he's perfect in this role. Um, and he's the one, that I guess, that explains a lot of the, you know, the sort of um, mysticism and, you know, the rules and all that sort of stuff. He And he does it in yes. a way that's, yeah, easy to understand. It's all the exposition. Understand. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, they don't tell it to you like you're an idiot, but you, they drop little bits here and there which help you understand the whole world. Um, and, yeah, unlike you, Glenn, I hated Ruby Rose in this. I agree with you, Michael. I, I'm not quite sure why she was in it. Mm. It's interesting so. because I thought Lawrence Fishburne was the opposite of what you said. I thought he was just dialing it in and didn't have any impact on that role at all. I thought anyone anyone could have done that. He, I didn't think it was anything special at all. So interesting mm. Mm. how we are attracted to different things. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> Favourite scene. Now, I'm going to go last because I think I've got about five. Okay. So... Michael, I'll go okay. with you first. Um, I think I really enjoyed the catacombs fight. I think it's one of the best action, action sequences in it, um, despite it being quite dark in that regard. But um, yeah, that was that was nice. Well, entertaining, I guess. Not really nice. It's about you know people getting their heads blown off a lot. It's uh, it's actually like there's a, a lot of interesting technique with it. Like you know, there's a you know body mass shot, like center of body mass, and then its head. Like you know, it's, so it's always it's mostly double tap unless Keanu's right there to kind of pop him in the head. Um, so there's like, you know, you see there's a methodology in, in how he goes about terminating people. Um, the music fight, museum fight was quite stunning in its use of mirrors and that kind of like, you know, mm. that sort of that space. Um, I enjoyed scenes with Ian McShane. Um, and I like the paranoid scene at the end. Like it's kind of a, it's a weird sort of take on that sort of like everyone's coming to, you know, it's not paranoid. Every, like everyone's coming to get me. Um, and it was that, like, you know, that really kind of um, came home with that, like, you know, the way it was done, like, you know, all the phones ringing and then he kind of was like, oh, shit, I better, I better get out of here. So, yeah, yeah my, my few. Yeah. Glenn? Um, probably the, I didn't like the car chase at the very start, but the opening, the opening sequence after the car chase was really good, the fight scenes. Um, and when he's got his own car back and driving that around and crashing it a lot, I liked all that all that action. Um, I quite enjoyed all that. Um, I guess that was a highlight, um, and especially when he shoots the guy in the knees, that was great to yeah. finish that off. <laughs> I did like that. That's yeah. killing that. Um, <laughs> um, doesn't have to. The bike's not going no. anywhere. <laughs> Um, and I also just really enjoyed any scenes at the Continental because there are all these people who just hate each other that they can't do anything about it and they just like, let's have a drink, you know. Um, and I especially liked the bit where they are fighting, there's a fight scene and then they end up through the window and then it's like, oh, we've got to stop fighting. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's the, my, my favourite moments in the film. Uh, take it away, Scotty. Oh, I've got a few. Um, like you, Glenn, I enjoyed the start. Um, it throws you right back into the John Wick universe. Uh, the fight sequences are excellent. Uh, and I, same with you. I love it when he shoots the big guy in the knees caps. Um, I love that he hits a bloke with a car but doesn't actually drive into the guy. 
he somehow slides it and almost uses uses his car as a bat. Yeah, and just whacks the bloke <laughs> that way. I, I love that. Um, and then obviously we see he makes pace with Tarasov uh, as he gets his car back. Um, well, I mean, after he's destroyed his car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't he just get knock on his door Which, first? I then I I guess a follow on to that is when he he calls um uh Lugazami whatever his name is uh him he comes and he goes do you think you can fix it and he's like he starts going through everything that's wrong with it he goes oh yeah I probably can but it's gonna take a while sort of thing so I enjoyed that um I love it when he goes to the Continental in Rome one we get the yeah that sort of funny comment where he goes oh I thought you retired he goes I was. He goes, he starts asking, like, you're not here to kill the Pope, mm. are you? And he goes, no, no, no. He goes, oh, okay, fine. That's, I'll get you a room. <laughs> um, that then leads, and this is where the world of, you know, that the John Wick universe gets expanded and we get to see it. You know, he goes to see that sommelier. Um, and instead oh, of talking about guy. wines, well, they, they, they sort of talk about wines, but he's basically picking different weapons to use for the, you know, obviously for the job that he's got to do to kill Gianna. Um, we also see where he goes to get fitted for the suit and we find out that the, the suit's got a bulletproof lining. So, you know, if you get shot, it's basically like wearing a bulletproof vest, um, but you don't have that as much protection. So it is going to hurt. And he gets obviously all the plans and stuff like that. So I, I like that because it does open up, you know, this whole John Wick universe in terms of how he gears up. And again, we get a great gearing up scene, which I the, enjoy. The someone, whatever it is, the someone is. Somewhere, um, played by Peter Serafinowicz. Um, I liked him too. He was kind of mm. smooth. It was good. It was like it was like you kind of you were tasting wine, but they're talking about weapons. <laughs> I enjoyed that scene. Yeah, I I just really enjoyed the way they did that. Um, I, I enjoyed the Giannis death scene, but I probably like the club shootout where he sort of comes out and he sees Cassian, and it's like, "You working? Yeah. Good night." Unfortunately, yeah, like basically saying, unfortunately for you, yeah, I was successful. They look at each other, then they shoot out. And that then leads to a huge shootout within the club. We've got this great sort of club music going on. He's blowing everyone's heads off. It's it's just carnage. And that then leads to the catacomb. So I did probably cheat here because I put about four scenes together. Um, <laughs> I love in the catacombs where we see it before he goes to kill Gianna. He puts his guns everywhere. Yep. So, you know, he knows when he gets to a certain point, oh, hang on, I'm going to have this shotgun or I'm going to have this AR-15 or I'm going to have this. So I, I enjoy the way they set that up uh, and we sort of get that the reward later on when, he, when he's back through the catacombs. Yeah. Um, that then leads into the Cassius fight, Glenn, which, you know, as you said, finishes up at the Continental. He gets thrown down about a dozen, well, probably more than a dozen stairs, probably about six dozen stairs. Dangerous um could do that easily. And then they... They, yeah. they finally, With the bin on finally get into the Continental <laughs> and they basically go, guys, you can't do this here. So then they go and get a drink and, you know, it's, yeah, hey, how are you going? What's going mm. on? Sort of thing. So I enjoyed that. Um, the subway scene, we get to see him kill a couple of people with pencils. Yes. So that was a nice tie yep. back. Um, which then leads in, leads into the Cassian, the second fight. Sorry, I'm basically just naming the whole movie here. I just love this movie. Um, <laughs> we get this. I, I, I love the sneaky subway shootout where you've got is it Cassian's yep. up the top? Here's the high ground, and you've got John Wick, John Wick down below, and they just keep shooting each other, and all these people around them, but they're just secretly shooting at each other. Uh, then we get the knife fight, and then we get the knife in the aorta. 
um, which he leaves in as a professional courtesy. So I like the way we, we get a bit of a tie back to what was said at the bar. And probably the, and well, it was the last one because it's right at the end of the movie. Wick shoots Santino only because it's so unexpected and it's a lot, lot more sudden than I remembered. So watching this again, I knew he was going to shoot him because obviously I've seen the mm. movie before. But it happens, you sort of expect that it's going to be drawn out. There's going to be a little bit more talking. Villain, or, villain exposition. Know. Yeah, he's sort of, you know, trying to justify his position. But nah, he ate a, you know, a duck fat chip and got shot pretty much soon yeah. after. So, yeah. And then it's just like, oh, John, what have you done? And I love that line delivered by Winston. Mm. So, yeah, that's me, which I think, yeah, is pretty much half the movie. But still, <laughs> how can you mm-hmm. It's fantastic. <clears throat> Um, Scott, notable did, aspects. I was going to yeah, ask sorry, if you had, did, do you have any other notable aspects? <laughs> Is there anything left? <laughs> I've got shitloads of those as well. Don't worry about that. Do you want me to keep going? I'll no, just no, keep I going. think we need to break it up, Scott. <laughs> All right. Yeah, fair enough. Um, uh, yeah, okay. Um, so I, I really like there's, um, there's lots of various codes and conventions that happen in films, but there's something that John Wick does, which is around the stylized text with how it does its subtitles, because it swaps between languages and in sign language and it's just not your generic subtitle it's actually incorporated as part of the film like a visual element and i really like that Mm. um the action sequences don't seem to have the same intensity as one and three they're kind of like they're they're good but they're like you know there was i don't know certain something missing maybe that's just me and maybe i'm just too um, desensitized to ultraviolence um, but when they are there, the violence is shot in a lot of wides. Like, you know, so all the fight scenes and the actual kind of shooting, we do get a lot of wide sequences. Um, and it even, you even see that in, like, you know, three and four. And, um, and I particularly, I think that's around, like, you know, the fact that, uh, Keanu knows what he's doing and the people who are doing that, they know what they're doing. They're actually fighting. And it's a big contrast between the Bourne films, which is usually a lot closer and like, you know, sort of quick cut. So you, they're mm. trying to disorientate the viewer. Whereas in, um, in the John Wick films, they give you, like, you know, they're showing you what's going on. Um, and I think that, yeah. yeah, the only kind of films yeah. that I think that are maybe kind of elevate that a bit more is the um, the the Kingsman sort of films, and they do a lot of kind of interesting stylized kind of camera work with that. Um, I think the blood scripts are quite done well. I couldn't tell if they were, like, you know, and that's, a, I suppose, a good effects sort of stuff. You couldn't tell if they were digital composites or live action scripts. Um and I think I, I tried to find out what they did. I think it was like a composite stuff. So they do a lot of sort of CG, like um, they do some blue screen sort of squibs where they kind of, they'll, they'll project the blood onto a surface, but then incorporate that into visual effects. Um, although I did glance at a video that the corridor crew did, like it says the muzzle flash work could be improved. Um, it says it doesn't, like, is it put in post? They don't kind of light everything as they should. Um the sets and locations are really nice. I think that's kind of something that really mm. kind of sets up this film versus John Wick. Um, in that, like, you know, they've got some, like, really pretty sort of stuff. Uh, you know, we see that in the museum. There's, you know, a little bit of the um, the catacombs and the Rome aspect. Um, the set, like, you know, with the... Um, in that sort of that party space, which is in the ruins. Um so yeah, and even in the the final scene in that sort of that park in New York where it's kind of like you know there's some the, the arches, there's some really nice visuals in there which are really good. Um, they use their close ups well, I think they're not used stacks, but when they're used, they're used like you know as really good punctuation. It's kind of right, and we see that really good thing at the end of the film. 
um, with Winston and and um, Wick, where like you know, and he's, we have that where it's like, you know, tell them all. I'm gonna you know tell them that I'll kill them all. Um, I've got another intro. Oh, like it's a very male dominated film, obviously. Um, which kind of. I guess, like, you know, yeah, you know, it's sort of in that cusp where it's kind of heading into, like, you know, we're trying to get more women killing people. <laughs> I did watch an interesting video from um, uh, the Hacksmiths last night um, prior to watching this, and they actually made the John Wick three-piece suit to be bulletproof. Um, and that was an interesting thing. And, like, you know, it's not a big thing, but it, it can be done. Like, it's actually... You know, I guess in a Mythbusters way, they actually could have spent a year researching how they'd do it. Um, it would have probably bruised the hell out of you. And it does say in the film that, like, mm. you know, he gets bruised. Yeah, it does. It'll hurt. Um, like how, yeah. how, you know, the character is not actually, you know, black and blue as a whole thing. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, you know, so that can be done. I, was, I thought that was kind of pretty cool. And, um, yeah, that's it. That's my interesting things. Nice. Glenn? I knew Michael would say some of the things almost exactly... Some of the things I was going to say, which was um, (laughs) I really like the fight choreography and how it's all done in one shot, a lot Mm. of it all wide shots, and you can actually see what's going on. And I also was going to say, as opposed to Bourne Identity, which was quick cuts. (laughs) And that's the thing, though. We're right here in that the Bourne Identity was Mm. trying to, like, you know, um, obscure its action. But by like, and it kind of by putting in that sort of shaky cam and and close ups. Yeah. um, It's sound. And sound. It's trying to obscure the fact that they. You know, aren't as pro as these other people, and it's um, I guess it was as a as a, a big shift in the way that action was done, and it, there was probably flow on effects from you know action films from that era, and now like you know the Wick films have come back to where there were the wides, and you see that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I think I think yeah, they don't have it as like they, it's still a steady cam whilst filming it, whereas I think with the born. Yeah, it was shaky, and it was almost like that you were. They wanted you to feel involved mm. in the fight, that you were getting hit, that you were copying it. Whereas in this, it's just like, nah, we just want to show a really good fight scene. We'll have you as close and you know in that fight scene, but we're going to have it steady so you can see it clearly. Mm. I think it, it's a much better option. Yeah. Um, Anything else, Glenn? Yeah, one thing. That, another thing was. I thought the car chase at the beginning in this was actually not very good, like compared to like the Bourne Identity, which would use a lot of quick cuts and whatnot. But in this film, again, it's just a lot of shots that go drag on and it's just cars driving. And it's just, I, th- I thought the car chase wasn't that exciting or didn't um, it draw me in as, as much as in other films. Um, yeah, which I, I agree with you. For, for, yeah. opening, for opening scene, I feel like it was a bit of a letdown. But once I got into the fight stuff, it was it much better. It seemed odd, um, like, you know. Is like you know he's mm. kind of like we we've got the motorbike. He kind of gets him and he sort of gets the car. He gets there, gets his car, drives around a bit, gets out, fights people, and then goes talk to Tarasov. Like you know, it kind of seemed odd. Like, yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. You probably didn't need mm. it. You didn't really well, need. We just needed to see him kill someone with a card with the card. And that allows him to get into, or just have him just go. You don't need a card to get in. He just goes to the. Well, I, I think it was it was pacing up. well, like you know, because he goes in, he's taken out the guys. It just would have been cooler if he'd kind of walked in, said, "Take him a car, peace," you know, and then the car gets back, and then the house is blown up with the car. Like you know, it's like, damn it, I just got my car back. That could have been. That could have been interesting. Interesting. Um, yep. Other thing was the. Um, this is another, I guess, complaint about the movie. 
the mirror sequence, mm-hmm. I thought dragged out. I thought that dragged a little bit. Yeah. It just felt a little bit too long. And I found myself just, instead of just watching the movie, I was like, I'm trying to see if I can see the camera in a reflection. Well, you know, I was just like, <laughs> just trying to catch catch a crew member, something, because I was just getting a bit bored. Like, I felt like that just dragged out a little bit too long. But again- Look, um, I did get a bit distracted during that time too, Glenn. Like I was kind of looking at stuff or- I felt like they could have been tighter. Mm. Um but then at, at the end, um, my other notable or just thing I liked um, was the uh, Continental at the end where he breaks the rule because they've got this rule that everyone abides by. And then at the end, he just bang. Oh. But it was like a, this whole movie was like a prequel, I feel like, to whatever comes in number three. Yeah. Um, and look, I think that, like, you know, in terms of timing, like that um, the scene, there's a scene in like, you know, um, Parabellum where like is in a similar time spot. Um, and it's better. Like, it kind of has that. It still has, like, there's objects and, like, there's glass and all that kind of stuff. And it has that, you know, that idea of that space. But it's, like, a better one versus um, John Wick 2, the Chapter 2 stuff. That's all I've got. Mm-hmm. All right. Notable aspects. Go, Scotty G. <laughs> uh, let's go. Uh, Are we back in five? We're basically... <laughs> <laughs> pretty much uh as i said before i love the way you tri- he basically uses his car as as basically like a, a weapon mm. uh, and doesn't actually run blokes over but slides it into him and sends them flying um i find it funny how he pretty much trashes his car trying to get it back uh which is the wrong one reason why he's going through all this at this stage um i love the way the mo- this movie takes the mythology and i said it before it takes the mythology of the first movie and expands on it you know First movie, we know that there's some assassins. There's an assassin's world. We get the Continental and its rules. The second one, we get the Continental again. But we find out the Continental is now international as well. We get markers. We get their rules. We learn about the high table and its requirements. Um, it takes it, it takes what was a great premise from the original movie and just builds on it even mm. further. And I, and I really enjoy that. Um, I love the score. I reckon the music throughout this movie is excellent uh, and really does fit the film. Um, I think it's an incredibly well shot movie. Stylistically, it's excellent. The action scenes are really well shot, which we discussed before. You're in the fight, it's chaotic, but it's not really shaky and it's easy to mm. follow. Uh, and I think it's really edited well. Um, I like the way he's always reloading. I think in a lot of action movies, they seem to have endless bullets. And I think we brought that up on Starship Troopers that you know, in a movie where they fire, they find more ammunition in the actual, you know, whilst recording we only actually see one person reload once um in this you know he he does he's constantly reloading he he obviously carries a lot of uh, ammunition with him um but when he runs out you know he either throws his gun at someone to just to basically knock him off and then he he beats the crap out of him um and then when he kills people he takes their guns i really like how he flicks out like you know it's kind of like he's, he's reloading he flicks out the the spent clip that was like, you know, that's kind yeah. of a, like you see that a few times. It's like, you know, and I'm objecting and I'm flicking and I'm reloading. I'm not even kind of pulling it out. That mm. was kind of, that was cool. Yeah. And I just like the way they did that. Like it's, I think it, probably not the right word, but it, it adds some reality to it. Mm. You know, a, a gun does only hold so much ammunition yep. and you, after that you've got to re Yeah. No, I think all that, all that um, stuff we're talking about is done well. Like that, the way Keanu actually mm. does all that. Um um, we mentioned it before with the switchboard, which with the switchboard, uh, and you've got a ring in to put on a hit. Um, I like again, it's expanding this world for us. 
Um, the mirrors scene with Wick when he's chasing Santino, it's an incredible scene. You're probably right, Glenn, it does drag a little bit, uh, but puts you into a, this, a real disorientation, uh, but yet somehow it's still easy to follow, if that makes sense, any sense? Probably not. Um, and probably the most important thing, I love the this movie premise. A former assassin, special forces soldier who's out of the world and through some sort of incident, they have to go back to their old ways. John Wick is a classic example of that. There's also Taken, uh, Shooter, The Equaliser, Unforgiven, Nobody mm. Under Siege, The Patriot, uh, Old Henry, Red. Yeah, just I, I really enjoy – I've watched all of those movies and I loved them and, you know, there's probably another 20 or 30 that I've probably watched. I just can't remember. But um, I really enjoy that premise. I mean, Rambo First Blood is probably another example of that. So, yeah, I just really enjoy that the, that movie premise. Um all right, questions, queries, tidbits. Glenn. All right, I've got a, I've got a few. Um, they're probably out of order, but that's all right. So when he kills this lady, or she kills herself, and then he just shoots her in the head to, mm -hmm. you know, hurry it along, which was nice of him. Because um, <laughs> I was getting bored. Um, <laughs> why didn't he just sneak out like he snuck in? Like, he just... He didn't come in through that party where everyone could see him, but he thought, I'm just going to walk through this whole crowd, yeah. you know. It's like, why why make a scene and cause a fuss? I've, I've got the same question, Glenn, so we might as well answer yep. that together. <laughs> I'm the same. Yep. Like, and when, when asked by Cassian, oh, you're back, John. No. No, no, no. Yep. I used to know Gianna many years ago. Just happy to say, yeah, you know, wishing you the best. Buggering yeah. off. Just walk away. In, just yep. in town. Yeah. Yep. Just in town for um, some art. Yeah. Yeah, viewing or something. Some good pasta. They have good cannelloni. He doesn't tell oh, Jimmy he's working again. Like, you know. No. no he just kind of walks off. Times. Yeah. My, my other question is, if it's so hard to kill John Wick, why don't, doesn't someone just shoot him in the head? <laughs> he ducks. He puts his, puts his goat he up. Does. He's, he's, he's <laughs> he does. He's got the John McClane method. He ducks. He ducks. <laughs> the amount of chances people could have had to just shoot him in the head. But, uh. but, but he ducks. He moves though. He's he's he runs oh, funny. I reckon that's why he doesn't run. He doesn't he run does straight. Run he sort of he sort of runs funny. So I reckon yep. that's why it puts people off. Yeah, I um, can't keep track of Keanu. Or, he's such a nice if you guy. You want to kill John Wick? Why not just rig his car with explosives? Because he's going to come and get his car mm, back. You know he's going to take it. Yep. Just rig it with just turn the key. Bang, gone. Just, I yep. know, he'd live through that too. It'd just be impolite. <laughs> um, that's there. My questions. <laughs> All, all valid questions, yeah. Michael. Um, look, we've got the surely he'd be recognised working through the party. You know, just go back out the oh, way you wait, can. One more, go, Glenn. Oh, I didn't write this one down, but is like everyone in New York an assassin? Like they all get them this text message. Yes, at the end they of the are. Like, all homeless people, just people doing other jobs in the park. People all over, just like look, oh, looking at their phone, looking at him, like. Oh. Yeah, everyone's. Tell you what, I'm going to start giving. I'm going to start giving money to every homeless person I see, just in case they turn out to be an assassin. <laughs> and my other one was, I guess this is for both movies, but are there no police? Like, <laughs> yeah, I know that. I know that some police turn up and say, "Oh, John, you're back in business, are you?" Or whatever. And he, yeah, it was Jimmy. He knows a couple of cops, but not every cop in New York. Like they, some cops would turn up to a gunfight. Well, I don't think Jimmy lives you know, in New York. They can't just be like, "Oh, there's a gunfight down the road." Oh, it's probably John Wick. Don't, yeah, don't, don't go. go. Like, you're just going to die. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it, I just yeah. thought police aren't in this. Anyway. No, it <laughs> is, it's a question or that I had as well. Is John Wick 
is the John Wick world its own little world? Or is it further expanded? They just don't have police. That's it. Like, it's an alternative hmm. universe. They have no police at all. What do you need police for? 80% of the population's assassin. If some guy, <laughs> yeah. There's a crime. <laughs> yeah, but someone just killed you. Um, all right. So I had, uh, yeah, again, like, how is he not really, you know, like, go out of the quiet way, John. Um, how is no one worried about collateral damage? You know, like, particularly in the, the subway scene and it's like... um. And a lot of scenes, it's like, you know, we're just going to start shooting bullets at people, like, particularly the fountain. Like, Cassian and John are at the fountain, and they're just shooting through the fountain. Mm. Like, people mm. would have died. Like, <laughs> you don't know, like, all you have to do is take a step, you know, sidestep, and people behind you are going to get shot. So. Mm. Yeah, but there's no police, so it doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> the collateral damage must be huge. Um, And there was, like, I was watching the train scene, and there's the knife fight going on. Um, and people are just sitting on the, at the ends of the train, just going, and like, there's a whole visual gag where they kind of get off quickly at the end, but it's like, they're just looking sus. It's like, uh, what do we do here? No one's trying to break it up. No one's going, I'm just going to go to the next carriage. You know, well, that's what you would think. Or you would hide behind something. <laughs> Well, that's probably a question. Half would of them you, are probably would, assassins. Yeah. Would you stay yeah. and watch, or would you get out? Uh, I guess they're yeah, the part of the assassin. I mean, you, you'd get out. Like, or I, I don't I think. Oh, I always like it. I always like a good. Or you break it up. Movie. Like, you know, it's like guys, guys, it's not worth your life. No, I would be. I wouldn't be breaking up a night. No, but <laughs> <laughs> some New Yorker would be not in my town. You know, it's a classic. Um. So yeah, the. I mean, I think there's more questions, but you know, let's look up. Yep. Uh, I've got a few. Uh, do all Americans put their keys in the overhead advisor? Yes. It seems to be a place where every American... That and their guns. That's why there's so many shootings. <laughs> um, Cassian, bad bodyguard? Like, should he have really left her? Yeah. Like, you know, But that's no. literally your job, mate. Yeah. I know she said, go down and check check with the guests or welcome the guests, but you sort of go... It's all right. I'll leave a team mate. with you. Yeah, like, maybe get naked and on. they'll just keep their eyes off. Yeah, or um, or let me check your room first to make sure no one is there. Oh, John, what oh, are you here for? I'm oh, just <laughs> here back. for some sexy time, you know. Or ah, <laughs> oh, okay, I don't think that's on the cards. You better kind of bugger off. Um, now Gianna's death. So he shoots her in the head after she's passed out, and is obviously he's going to die. Mm-hmm. She's going to bleed out. Yeah. So does he do that? To get the kill to avoid the marker, i.e., can Santino come back on him and go, no, no, she killed herself, you didn't kill her, therefore the marker still stands? Maybe. Or does he do it? So I think there's a, a line in there where she, basically if you if you kill yourself, your spirit can't be freed. So does he kill her? Oh, that's probably. So that her spirit can be freed or is it a bit of both? Maybe. Um, but, yeah, like the... Isn't the perfect murder one where you, you know he can't be caught? Well, like, you'd think so. Yeah, like you know, surely as an assassin, you'd kind of go, "Well, this ties up some loose ends. She's mm. she's dead." I kind of, yeah, she's dead. I, I, you know, I was there. I witnessed it. Here's a here's a sign. <laughs> here's some <laughs> video of it. Yeah, yeah. Got um, a photo of her dying. Got a selfie. So- well, you might not remember this, but in the first one, Glenn, you probably will. In the first one, Wick gets to meet Winston. Or in the in this movie, Wick gets to meet Winston in the park after breaking the continental rules and becomes excommunicado. 
Mm -hmm. Um, In the first movie, there's a Ms. Perkins who tries to kill John Wick and then kills another assassin in the Continental. Um, Now, she also gets to meet Wick, but she gets basically shot at that meet pretty much straight away. Wick gets an hour. Bit of inconsistency here. I think Winston likes her. Likes him. Yeah, I think he's probably got a few credits in the bank, but still. The son he doesn't have. Or, you know... Um, and my last question, look, it's an overarching. There's probably a lot more questions we can go on in terms of the coins. Does Because it, it seems like everything costs one coin outside of the, which is again goes back to one, the clearing up of the bodies. I think you get to give 12 coins at this in the when he kills everyone in his house in the first one. In this, everything seems to just cost one coin. So, you know, yeah. I've, I take I can take 15 guns, here's one coin. Probably $100,000 or something. One drink. One drink at the yeah, bar, one, yeah, one coin. I buy a brand new, three brand new suits, one coin. I need well, to get in somewhere, one the, coin. The research in Rome, though, four coins. Mm. It's four coins. Like, so man. I wonder, yeah, and I'm curious how much the coins actually cost. But, mm. um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. Michael, trivia. Okay, Baba Yaga, or the Boogeyman, okay, John Wick, takes out 128 assorted henchmen underworld figures over the course of this film. Um, which is the highest out of the three. I don't know about number four. Is it? Yep. I thought there'd be more in the first one. Apparently it was 77, so it's almost double, and then Mm. 99 in the the uh, third one. Um, The character of the Italian tailor is played by the actual costume designer of John Wick films, Luca Mosca. Uh, This earned twice as much as John Wick. Uh, Directed Chad Stalensky was a stuntman in the Matrix trilogy in which Keanu Reeves played the main character. Uh, the DJ performing at the party in Rome is La Castle Viana, who wrote music for both John Wick movies. Here's, a, here's an Aussie one. The Australian distributor Entertainment One, or E1, planned on releasing the film directly to DVD slash Blu-ray. Um, when news of that was made public, E1's Facebook, Twitter, and website were bombarded with emails and notes from hungry fans demanding the film be given a proper theatrical, theatrical release in Australia. Shortly afterwards, E1 announced a nationwide rollout on April 20, 2017, three months after the worldwide release. How, I mean, how could they not know it was going to be a big film? Yeah. Um, at around 13 minutes after the opening title sequence, John Wick Carr has an inspection sticker with the expiration date of the, um, October 2014. This is the release date of the original John Wick movie. Um, the film begins less than a week after the events of John Wick. Um, this is the first time Lawrence Fishburne and Keanu Reeves have worked together since The Matrix Revolutions. Um, the badge worn by the sommelier... Uh, and the keychain given to Wick are the German anti-partisan guerrilla warfare badge awarded to German soldiers during World War II. They removed the, the swastika and replaced it with a skull for the movie. Um, the actors who play the Russian Mafia brothers, uh, Vigo Tarasov and Abram Tarasov, uh, played by Michael Nyquist and Peter Sommer, are both from Sweden. Hmm. Um, the rooftop garden scene with Winston and John Wick is the same setting in Spider-Man, where Spider-Man saves Mary Jane from the Green Goblin. Uh, the Latin phrase tied into John Wick's back, uh, Fortis Fortuna uh, Aduvat, uh, translates to Fortune Favors the Strong. Um, the, and like, you know, but it is a variation on the British SAS one, Fortune, uh, oh, Fortis Fortuna Aduvat, which is Fortis Favors the Bowl. Um, 
Despite the number of kills and public gunfights, there are no police officers seen throughout the entire film besides Jimmy, who was also the only officer in the first instalment. However, during one of the scenes set in Rome, you can clearly hear some sirens in the background. Many of the policemen have been alerted and were sent to the place. There was one scene where you could see flashing lights in the background. A car parked, like a police car parked on the road further back and was just there. Like, yeah. Um, the scene where John Wick is being chased in the subway system was partially filmed in uh, Palais des Arts Metro in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. The signs were replaced with typical New York City subway signs in English. Um, Ruby Rose's character, Ares, is never referred to by name in the film. Her name was only revealed in the credits, uh, though it appears next to a photograph of her early in, earlier in the film. In the barrier. But what is the dog's name? Uh, it doesn't matter. Know. Although, Burton, I think, I read yes. somewhere. Well, because it, maybe it's in the credits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Luke's true name is Jadani Jononovic. Jovonovic? Jovonovic. Um, Jovon is a Serbian Hebrew name, a uh, form of the name John. His last name means the son of John. Jadani is from the Hebrew, which means of the garden. As is seen in this film, one of these stashes is kept in an Orthodox Jewish establishment. Establishment. Um, four classic Mustangs were wrecked in the film. Uh, oh, and Keanu says to Lawrence Fishburne, so I guess you have a choice. This phrase, or variations of it, were a constant theme of the actor's previous collaboration at the Matrix trilogy. Um, yeah, there we go. That's it. Beautiful. All right. Final thoughts and rating. Obviously, we do rate out of 10. Zero being a terrible movie, 10 being a fantastic movie, and five being somewhere in between. Glenn, I'll go to you first. Okay. So I went into this film expecting more of what happened in the first. I thought I wouldn't be harsh and I'd just enjoy the action. Um, The opening was promising, although the car chase wasn't overly great. The fight scene was decent. But then it was so boring. Um, For the next 40 to 45 minutes or so, there was no action at all. Really dragged for me. And then a couple of action sequences in between more talking scenes. I feel like a lot could have been cut. Um, The mirror scene felt too long as well. Um, By the end, it felt like a prequel for whatever comes next. Um, It feels set up for a big action film like the first one. So it would be interesting to see where where it goes in number three. Um, I would give the first film a 7 out of 10, and this was not even half as good. But I don't want to give that lower score, so for me, it's a 4 out of 10. Mm. 4 out of 10. All right. Um, I'll go, Michael. I'll leave you to last because you did choose this movie. Um, Mm -hmm. So this is just a ridiculously fun movie. I disagree, Glenn. I think this movie moves really quickly. Uh, I think it's well-directed, well-written, well-shot, and generally well-acted. It uh, takes a brilliant movie in John Wick and, we, and it manages to improve on it by expanding the whole Wick universe. Um, it sets a new level in fight sequences and are inc- which are incredible. The action sequences are well set out, well spaced out and keep you breathless throughout. Um, it took me seven years to see John Wick uh, and then John Wick 2 and I feel like I wasted those seven years. So for me, <laughs> this is a 10. This is a Perfect. Ooh, a 10. This is a perfect. From Scotty G. No, this is really? a perfect action wow. film. I nearly gave it a 9.75 because Ruby Rose was shit, but I thought, nah, this deserves a 10. Wow. Scott Geary. Wow. I was, after that first action sequence, that first opening sequence, I was sitting there watching and I kept just checking the time on 
on Netflix, I was like, oh man, when is there going to be another action, you know, another shoot shootout or fight? And I kept checking the time. Wow, 55 minutes in, and now we're finally getting some gunshots. You know, it <laughs> took forever. Just really but dragged I think that's for me. That's the thing. Yeah. There you go. I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't call it 10 out of 10. But like I think perfect, yeah, no. Scott, what's it a 10 out of 10? That's fine. But I think it's that 45 minutes that we we get the world building. And we get the mm. reasons as to why, again, John Wick doesn't want to do this. But, again, it's rather than having his dog killed, it's basically you've you've blown up the house and you've taken mm. away all the things that I can remember my wife with. You've taken them – you've now taken them away from, from me. So – and we do. That's It sort of builds out the world. And, you know, I, I, look, you're probably right. There are some slow parts throughout there and they probably could have cut some back. But from – Probably with the hour mark for the last hour, it does not stop. This there is just fight scene. There's action sequences. There's everything. So for me, it's awesome. Hmm. Yeah, um, that's the other thing I didn't say. But um, I thought the first another reason I give that low score is the first one had that emotional um, backstory or that emotional reasoning behind his his basically revenge, you know. But this one was more of a business transaction and not so much the personal my wife and you know died my dog died that sort of thing this one was more of just like oh i've got to do this business thing that i promised i'd do it's, it wasn't as personal so it didn't feel as i wasn't drawn yeah in it would have been it would be yeah. nice to kind of know what the impossible task was i'd love a prequel i mean we've had mm. four john wicks I'd love i've to- read uh, i read the graphic novel huh. which is a prequel mm, that'd be cool i'd love to say it but i think Keanu's probably too old to do a prequel <laughs> Michael, mm-hmm. ah, no, they've got lots of de-aging technology now. Over to you. Um, this this film is is fun. It's entertaining. Um, it does have some pacing issues around, like you know, um, like Glenn was saying. Um, but when it gets to its set pieces, they're pretty exciting. I think you know, take care of what you're watching it on. Um, I watched this one on my, you know, watched it on number two on my computer for the second time. When I watched it, like, the first time was on the big screen and it was spectacular, whereas I think, like, you know, that sort of, that smaller screen doesn't give it the justice you really want to do. Um, I think there's some really nice world building. I agree with Glenn somewhat in the sense that, like, you know, it is setting up a a larger world. Um, But it kind of, yeah, like, it does, yeah, I think it does drag a a touch. Um, But it's still, I think it's still fun. It's still, like, you know, actually, and you to watch these films, you're really just going for the spectacle. Like, you know, you're not, I'm never trying to get sort of a deep sort of emotional kind of journey out of it. You're really going to watch some, you know, things like these films just for the spectacle of those action sequences and, like, you know, things exploding, things being shot, scoops happening, you know, people's brains blowing out. Um, That's why I watch John Wick. I don't, I don't watch it because it's got like this deep story. It's really a straight line, like you know, beginning end, and there's very little deviation Mm -hmm. between, you know, those two points. It's really gone. Here's where we are. Here's where we're gonna get to, and you know, we're gonna shoot a lot of people on the way. Um, that's that's what I went in thinking too. That's what I. That's what the start was like. I'm not gonna be harsh. I'm gonna enjoy this. But then it was like, oh, where is all the action? Like for the first half, you do. Um, Oh wait, sorry. Before you give your score, I think this is probably the disadvantage in some ways. I I loved it, but I can understand Mm. what you're saying. And I guess nobody expected John Wick to do well. From from Mm. what I understand and reading about it, no one expected it to do well. And I don't think it actually did do well on its release. It wasn't until word of mouth. And then it started to get onto cable and a few other things in America that people started going, fuck, this is awesome. Like, this is a ripper. See, I've, I've, 
So, yeah, I've watched every John Wick at the cinema. Yeah. So, and I've, I have, I have enjoyed it. Like you know, this yeah. is, and I guess this is where I disagree again. I find this, I found this entertaining, and I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, so for me, it's a seven. Yep. Like you know, it's a, it's a solid action film. Yep. Like um, and you know, if you're looking for deep emotional connection from your films, um, go watch Sweet November with Keanu. And <laughs> I feel less bad now that I'm only three points off Michael and, and you're also three yeah. points off mm, Michael. So yeah, it works out. <laughs> All right. So with a four, a seven and a 10, that gives us a total score of 21, which actually puts it into the number 10 position. It's just ahead of Edge of Tomorrow on 20.5, but behind oh, really? Scream 2 and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse on 21.5. See, I find Edge of Tomorrow a way better film. But I guess that's reflected my score when hmm. I gave it a nine. Yeah, but this one is 122 minutes, so Scott's going to give it a ten. <laughs> well, <laughs> so no, you see, the thing is, so Glenn, because I didn't watch the last two minutes. So as soon as the credits start coming up, I know there's yeah. no more credits, I don't have to watch the last two minutes. So it's still under two hours uh. for me. Um, so, yeah, so I, look, I, I, it's funny. I Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's probably – I think it's a perfect movie. I think it's awesome. But anyway hmm. – well, I'm glad we got to do a movie you like give yeah. a ten out of ten to. It's yeah, good. shows yeah, it can happen. Yeah, well, it. Although it did happen with I Back to the Future. That's only the second ten I think I've given in my time. Uh, what about Scream? Oh, sorry, Scream. Scream yes, I've given three: Back to the Future, yeah. Scream, and John Wick Two. Well, next week is uh, Michael's oh, well, ten. Never know. <laughs> All right. Speaking of that, Michael, it's now time for our cinematic loop. All right, so I do believe that I get to choose the leaper and Glenn gets to choose the movie. So, Michael, you get to see this one out. So, just influence from the sidelines. I've really been tossing up as to who to choose because there's a few that I like. Peter Stormare. Peter Stormare is one of my choices. I've, I've narrowed it down to four. So, there's Peter Stormare, Lawrence Fishburne, Dwayne Manwiller, and what? just to annoy Glenn, executive producer David Leach. <gasps> Ooh. You know why I'm picking David Lynch, Michael. Ooh. So I did look at Lawrence Byrne because I enjoy him as an actor, but I know I'm pretty confident that Glenn would pick Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, which I don't know if I really want to go back and watch that. I did see that you've rated that highly on Letterboxd, Glenn. So <laughs> David Manwiller gives us a couple of really good options. I'd be curious to see where Glenn takes us um but it really is between peter stormare and david what is what is what is david what is david dwayne manwiller uh yeah that's a good question where is it (laughs) no he's uh where is he (laughs) is he yeah i'm not going to pick him so is he he does the additional photography which i don't actually know what that means oh just the bloke that stands next to the bloke the photography you take a couple of photos every now and then so It'd be like second unit stuff or like going out and... If I knew what um, Glenn was going to pick, because he's got this, they've done, he's done all the Oceans movies, Oceans 8, 11, 12 and 13. He did Contagion, uh, which is a movie I'd love to get to at some stage. Deja Vu, Skyscraper, Pelham, The Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3, Glenn, which I think you've reacted to once before. You thought you wouldn't mind watching that. Um, I'm going to go David Leach, which I know we're not supposed to go producers. I know, Glenn, you won't be happy with having to take an executive producer. He was on. Oh, have you seen the <gasps> casting oh, person? God. No, so I mean, I've already picked it. Casting so person's good. 
he yeah, I picked him because he he actually he's done other stuff on to co-direct this, which he did the first one with uh, Chad Stileski, but he he left to do another project. But I still think he would have been involved in pre-production, so therefore he was involved in the movie, Glenn. Um, but I, what I like about he's a what director I like about well. David Leach is that he's also been a stuntman. So he's got a heap of he's got sixty nine stunt credits, twenty four uh, as an actor. 17 as an additional director and 14 as a director, producer of 13 films. So there's plenty to choose from, Glenn. There's certainly, there's certainly some really, ones that I'd love you to actual pick. Uh, direction films are really good. I'd love you to good. pick Nobody. There's Fight Club. There's Ocean's Eleven. There's The Hangover. Bullet, Bullet Train, Train. Which is what I really want you to pick because uh, it's a really fun movie. Deadpool 2. Oh, that's so cool. But go, Glenn. It's all over. It's up to you. Um, oh gosh, there's too many to look That's at. Hang on. <laughs> v for Vendetta. Yeah, there v is. For Vendetta. It's time, Glenn. I don't. I'll like give you my marker. See, this is he's see, an, this is what the markers could be used for. <laughs> um, I probably should have given you a supreme warning, Glenn, because there was this guy has involved in a lot of films. I'm just going to choose Ooh. John Wick three. Really. Yep, that's what I was going to choose out of, like, if whoever you picked was John Wick 3, I was going to pick John Wick 3. Yeah, but I (laughs) I want to see what happens next. I'm not unhappy, (laughs) so. John Wick 3, okay. Yeah, uh, I don't have time to look at all that other stuff, so it's John Wick 3. You just press a button, Glenn, that's really easy. You you go across the sign, there's Bullet Train, Bull 2. Stunts, Fight Club, The Hangover. Michael, there's there's probably heaps okay. of a similar crew between John yeah. Wick three and John Wick two, so we can probably get to some of those movies anyway. Yeah, okay. if you want to. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Yep. All right. Thank you guys for All listening. Right. John Wick three. Looking forward to going into the back into the John Wick world straight away, and we're going to watch John Wick three. Yeah, within within yeah. a week, so it'll be just like the film. Yeah. Do we just go straight in? I might go watch Bang it now. straight on. <laughs> yeah. Go watch it. <laughs> Bugger going to work. <laughs> all right. Guys, thank you. Thank you all for listening. And we'll, yeah, next time you're listening to us, we'll be doing John Wick 3. Thank you. Take the Chevy to the living. And like that, he's gone. Ah! In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. Cinematic Leap. Winston. Tell them. Tell them all. Whoever comes, whoever it is, I'll kill them. I'll kill them all.